My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Tuesday the 18th of April. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. Discrimination in schools is back in the news after the Presbyterian Church of Australia called for the right to ban LGBTQI plus and sexually active students from leadership positions. Saying that students who are actively gay or having unmarried straight sex should not be school captains. This was part of the church's submission to a review of anti-discrimination laws. So what's being proposed and what's likely to happen moving forward? Well, we're going to let you know in the deep dive, but first, Sam, the headlines. A leading group campaigning for a no vote at this year's referendum on the Indigenous Voice to Parliament launched new advertising material yesterday. The Recognise a Better Way campaign, which is led by former politician Warren Mundine, has published new commercials featuring what they describe as everyday First Nations people who disagree with the voice model proposed by the federal government. The referendum will be staged later this year. Scammers stole a record $3.1 billion from Aussies in 2022. That's according to a new report from the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. The highest reported losses came through investment scams, remote access scams and payment redirection schemes, while SMSs, text messages, were the most popular contact method for scammers. Australians aged 65 and over reported being scammed more than any other age group. Long COVID symptoms have been found to be less prevalent than long-term symptoms of the flu. That's according to a new study by the Queensland government. It found 21% of people with the Omicron strain of COVID-19 reported ongoing symptoms 12 weeks after their diagnosis, and that's compared to 23% of adults who have the flu. The study was conducted with about 2,200 adults with COVID and almost 1,000 with the flu. At the time of the survey, 90% of Queenslanders were vaccinated against COVID-19. And the good news, I suspect we're going to be hearing a lot about her this year, but Australian soccer player Sam Kerr scored the winning goal for her English team Chelsea in the semi-final of the English FA, the Football Association Cup, against Aston Villa. Kerr was called the best in the world by the opposing team's coach after the game. Chelsea will now face Manchester United in the final, which will be held at London's Wembley Stadium next month, and then she'll be heading over to Australia soon after. There's renewed controversy over a proposal to restrict religious schools from discriminating against LGBTQI plus staff and students. The proposal was prepared by the Australian Law Reform Commission, which we'll call the ALRC during this pod, at the request of the federal government. Now, several religious groups have expressed concern about the proposal, while LGBTQI plus advocacy organisations have broadly been in support of it. Okay, and give me a sense of the broader context here. Why is this a proposal that the government has asked for? Okay, so to answer that, I feel like we need to take a step back because we've been hearing about this for a very long time in the news and it can all get a bit confusing. So the first thing to say is that Australia doesn't have a comprehensive national human rights law. We're party to global human rights treaties which protect a range of freedoms, things like sexuality, gender identity and religion, 
but they're not always explicitly reflected in Australian law. Now, Scott Morrison, when he was Prime Minister, tried to introduce some new legal protections for people with religious beliefs, and that was called the Religious Discrimination Bill, and we spoke about it a bunch of times also on this pod. Morrison's bill proposed, among a host of other things, allowing religious hospitals, aged care facilities, and retirement homes to preference members of the same religion. It also proposed extending the ability of religious organizations to preference staff of a specific religion. So if we take the example of a Catholic religious school wanting to preference hiring Catholic teachers. It's fair to say this proposed bill was fairly contentious, especially for advocates from LGBTQI plus communities. Scott Morrison promised us a bill that would prevent discrimination against people because of their faith. But instead, what we have is a bill that allows discrimination in the name of faith. In response to the criticism that was levelled against him, Scott Morrison did try to introduce further laws with protections for some staff and students in the LGBTQI plus community. But he didn't initially include trans children in his proposal. This was Liberal MP Bridget Archer speaking in Parliament at the time. Whilst I'm very pleased to see that there would be an amendment to protect gay students, I'm horrified to see that it doesn't extend to children who identify as transgender. In the end, that legislation that we've been speaking about by Scott Morrison was shelved before the election last year, which the coalition then went on to lose. Okay, and today we have a Labor government. So when they came into power, how did they tackle this issue? Well, Labor at the time had, I guess, a similar position to Bridget Archer and those other Liberals, supportive broadly of the idea, but wanting to ensure protection for trans kids, among other things. So they promised to pick up the issue of religious freedoms when they won government. And they've basically decided to do that in two parts. They're going to work on the religious protection part separately But in November, Attorney General Mark Dreyfus asked the ALRC to develop a proposal for a law to protect LGBTIQ plus staff and students from discrimination by religious schools. So you can see there that they saw two issues and are now working on that latter one first. The ALRC published its proposal in January and sought public submissions from individuals and organisations. Those were published last week, which is why we're speaking about it today. And before we dive into those submissions, because I'm keen to understand the content in them, give me a sense of what the ALRC proposed overall. For students, the ALRC proposed religious schools should not be able to expel or deny enrolment to LGBTQI plus students or children of LGBTQI parents. Schools would also need to accommodate uniform adjustments and couldn't stop a student from privileges like being the school captain. And keep that one in mind because we're going to get back to that a bit later. So that's what it proposed for students. For staff, the ALRC's proposed law would mean that religious students couldn't refuse to hire a staff member because of things like their sexuality, gender identity or marital status. Schools could still preference, though, hiring staff who share the religious beliefs of the school but only if their role genuinely required those beliefs. So, for example, somebody that is teaching religion. Schools could require any staff member to teach the school's view on sexual morality, but must also allow them to provide objective information about alternative viewpoints if they wish. Okay, so now let's talk through the submissions that were delivered in response to that proposal. Was there any support overall? There was definitely support, especially from LGBTQI plus activist organisations like Equality Australia and Wear It Purple, 
There were also calls for stronger restrictions on religious teachings discriminating against the LGBTQI plus community. So people thought that this proposal didn't actually go far enough in that case. The Australian Education Union, the AEU, submitted that they believe that there shouldn't be any exemptions like the one I spoke to before about being able to hire someone from a certain religion. They said that those practices, quote, codify bigotry, and they've called for urgent and total removal of any of those exceptions. And how have the religious schools responded to the proposal? Well, several religious schools suggested that the ALRC had fundamentally misunderstood the purpose of religious schools. This sentiment was reflected in submissions from some Catholic, Anglican and other Christian, Jewish and Islamic peak bodies. Several submissions noted many religious schools accept students and staff of all or no religion and recognise a duty of care for LGBTQI plus students. They maintained, though, that schools should be able to preference religious staff and be free to teach and enact their religious values. Then, of course, there was this one submission from the Presbyterian Church of Australia, and that's been making some headlines recently, that schools should be able to deny school captaincy to LGBTQI plus students or students in sexually active, unmarried, heterosexual relationships. A very complicated topic. What happens now? Well, I think it's important to know that These are just submissions. The ALRC is by no means required to incorporate them uh, in the proposal and, you know, on the other side of that, the government doesn't actually have to take on everything the ALRC says either. So the ALRC will consider these submissions that we've spoken about and they will then finalise their proposal to the government. It will then be up to the government to interpret whatever final proposal they make and decide what to do moving forward. We'll definitely keep you posted on this topic. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Daily Oz. And Zara, this is actually goodbye for a little while. It is. It's goodbye for just less than a week. Um, Going to Mexico to see my brother get married. So we'll see you on the flip side.